0: Coming to you from the greatest city in the world, this is the number one showbiz podcast. It's Talk for Two. Here's your host, Matt Bailey.
1: My guest today is an icon of radio and television. He is an Emmy and Peabody Award winner, as well as an author of multiple bestsellers. He's interviewed tens of thousands of guests throughout a career that has now entered its seventh decade. His name is synonymous with conversation, and it is more than fair to say his nightly discussions on CNN changed the world. His work continues to be the benchmark for all who sit behind a microphone with the goal of getting to know someone just a bit better, including yours truly. You can still hear his legendary curiosity on Aura TV and on Hulu. It is an honor to welcome Larry King to this program. Mr. King. It is a thrill to have you. How are you doing, sir?
0: Thank you. first called me. And it's good to be with you, Matt.
1: Well, I am so glad to have you. Let's begin at the beginning, and I don't mean the beginning of your career. I mean the beginning, that uh, beginning in Brooklyn. Tell me about your childhood.
0: Well, I grew up in a lower middle class neighborhood when I was nine, and my mother never remarried there. So it was me and my brother and my mother raised us. couldn't go to college, uh, didn't have the financial wherewithal, and uh, took a bunch of our jobs, but always wanted to be in radio. I don't know why I used to listen to radio shows and annotate the announcers. And I just was fascinated by all of radio. And I never wanted to be anything else but a radio announcer. And uh, one day a friend suggested I try Miami, and I went to Miami and in on a small station. And as they say, the rest is history. But I'm, I'm living out a dream that, um you know, 63 years of interviewing people, in fact, May 1st is my 60th anniversary on the air.
1: You know, a lot of people ask you your favorite interview, your least favorite interview. Do you remember your first interview?
0: Um, my first view of any consequence, other than people in a restaurant in, in Miami Beach, was Bobby Darin, the great singer. His song, Mac the Knife, was the number one song in America, and uh, we had a great hour, and then we took a walk down Collins Avenue, and I never forgot that. I guess I was 24 years old.
1: How did that feel, walking down that avenue, 24 years old, you're walking with a celebrity? What's going through your mind? Do you Was that was that weird? No, I just
0: I just remember asking a million questions. He asked me questions. Uh, I'm a question asker, if you can quote that term. I um, I'm a Q and A guy. Mm -hmm. So, what circumstance I'm in? If you're sitting next to me on an airplane, if we're walking down the street, if uh, we're doing like we're doing now, I like to ask questions. I uh, I have an insatiable curiosity. It um, it never leaves me. I'm curious about why people do what they do, how they do what they do, when they do what they do. It's never left me. Did
1: it ever get you in trouble?
0: No, I've never been sued. I've never had... Um, not, I had a woman, a, a psychic, hang up on me once because she didn't like the questioning. But basically... I've, I've had it pretty good.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's good. Now, how did Ted Turner find you to hire you for CNN? How did that come about going yeah. national?
0: Yeah, I'd get on my radio show a few times. I, I did the first national radio talk show starting in 1978. <clears throat> and Ted appeared many times, well, four or five times on that show. In 1985, when CNN was five years old, he had a program on at 9 o'clock called the Freeman Report, and he was unhappy about something. I don't know if it was Miss Freeman or her husband, who was his manager, her manager. But he called me up, and he said, I would like to do a show. And I said, well, you know, I'm on every night. At midnight, coast to coast, when could I fit this in? And he said, let me talk to your agent. And my agent was Bob Wolf, who went down to Atlanta. to he meet with Teddy. He called me up, and he said, I think you're to take this. It's a CNN show every United at nine. You could be a radio show at midnight, I know, it would keep you busy, but it's, it's not bad money, and you ought to give it a shot. And so I said, okay, but with this proviso, if I'm unhappy at the end of a year, I can leave. And Ted agreed to that. But I knew that first night on CNN, which was uh, June 1st, 1985, was CNN's fifth anniversary. I knew that that show was going to make I can't tell you why, Matt. I don't know what it was, but Governor Mario Cuomo of New York was the guest, and I knew that that show would make it 26 years later it did.
1: Now, first of all, that's beautiful. Your show, if I may just say, served as an inspiration for me, why I do what I do, and uh, this program, the format of it. And I know that when you... You've said before that uh, you didn't really know often, unless it was really someone big who the guest was that evening walking into the studio. Why did you want right. it like that? Why did you not want to really know anything?
0: Well, it, it, it started that way when I was at the restaurant. And I didn't know who would come in. And no producer, Bobby Aaron just walked in one day. It wasn't booked, and I got to be comfortable with that. So when the Mitchell thing started seeing I don't have to know the guest. I'm going to be curious about the guest. I get information about the guest. They give me cards, and, you know, what the guest is doing. lately don't know what he's But basically, uh, the, I know the better. Uh, the more curious I am, the more information you give me, the less curious I am. So it's worked for me all the years. I can't recommend it. I don't tell you to do that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's comfortable, and you should always do what you're comfortable And anybody listening, that's true no matter what boat of work you're in. You should be comfortable, and if you're comfortable, you're ahead of the game. It may sound strange, but the less informed I am about a topic, the more comfortable I am about asking questions.
1: Did you ever have a guest, not get offended, but... If they're on a book tour or something, there's sometimes an expectation that you'll know X, Y, and Z. And like you said, you have the cards. But did you have a, a guest who was ever taken aback by how much you didn't know about them? Or did they just dive into that conversation with
0: you? You know, it's very interesting. I had that Dr. Ed Tell once, the uh, inventor of the hydrogen problem, inventor of the hydrogen bomb. And he asked me what I knew about physics. And I said, nothing. And he said, well, how can you interview me? I said, let's see. And at the end of the hour, said, Why didn't you tell me you knew about physics? <laughs> uh, uh, that's that comes from asking questions. If you ask the questions, the guest is, is knowledgeable enough to know that you're very interested. The number one thing is to let the guests know that you're interested in them and their subject. Once you have that interested in this matter of physical industry or French and Latin. if you're interested in that subject. And that person that'll come through. I've always carried that through right to this day.
1: Well, I am very interested in you, and I'm very interested to know what are you doing now with this quarantine, with everybody sheltering in place, staying inside. What are you doing to to pass the time? I know there's been no new episodes on Aura. What are you working on I'm while not, while staying I'm at home?
0: Enough. I'm lucky enough to do my art shows every Monday. They're on every Tuesday and Thursday. But I take Monday and in I do it from my uh, my home in Beverly Hills. Uh, one of the producers comes to the house, and we set up where I don't know what you call it. I look at a television screen and think this has a television screen, and so I do my interviews. I uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays I do a uh, thing like Tuesdays and Thursdays. what do I do Tuesdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do a, a, a self help thing with this psychologist who wants to do a various amount of shows to help people get through this. And he interviews me, and then we interview other people. So I'm busy um, four days a week. The rest of the time I go nuts. Um, they, of course, the whole world, the problem you have is you can't yell at anyone because the whole world's in the same boat. Yeah. So you stay interested, you read a lot, I read a lot of books. I, stay on top of things. My son lives with me and he's a very bright 21-year-old who goes to the University of Southern California and he gives me every 21-year-old bright kid around, you stay on top of things. (laughs) So I stay stay on top of things, but on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays to the time to be honest with you, I'm bored to hell. (laughs) Uh, What could be... Less intriguing than sitting in the same place every day. God, come on. No, it is what it is, but it's, it's so sad. And, uh, this pandemic, with this administration was very late with, they uh, didn't see it coming. I, mean, I put Donald Trump for 40 years. I could not envision him as president. He doesn't had those kind of leadership skills mm-hmm. to lead a country through a problem like this.
1: So what do you think we should do? We should just listen to the doctors, get him off the stage. How do you think we're going to get through All this? you can do.
0: All you, you know, all you can do is all you can do. Mm-hmm. You got no choice but to listen to the doctors. What other choice do you have? You know, if you go to a doctor and he tells you, you need this injection, we're going to say, no. You're at the doctor. He knows what he's doing. You presume he knows what he's doing. Uh, he doesn't have to show me his license. Uh I, I go with what they tell me to do, so I, I am quarantined. I wear a mask. If really I go out, I really go out. Hmm. My son goes out a bit to do shopping and stuff, but I I don't I don't, I don't get out. I sit in the sun. I got a sunroof, which is very nice. It's a beautiful day in L.A. today, so I sit up in the sun. I read my New York Times, my L.A. Times. My weekly magazines, my Kennedy fairs, I'm always reading something. And I, I like to read books and try to keep active that way, but there's nothing as active as going out. And when you can't go out, you feel trapped, and trapped is what I feel.
1: Well, I'm sorry about that, and I hope we can all get back to this soon, as I know, back to normal. or not, Go ahead. You started to let's say, let's hope. Go ahead.
0: I said, let, I said, I was going to say, let's hope that everything you saying comes true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now we're to see it back soon. I don't see it soon, but I'm hoping.
1: Totally. I'm with you there. I want to turn now to the state of the interview and your opinions on interviews on television. Because right now it seems like nobody has a conversation anymore. It's all viral bits for the internet. What, in your opinion, has happened? to the kinds of interviews that you do. Is there a place for it anymore? Yeah,
0: they're gone, sadly, in those days. I'm gone, I watch television a lot. I see the NBC's, the Fox News, the CNN. There's no interviews, it's a five-minute quick piece. Mm-hmm. You don't learn anything about the person. It's all about the event. And I was the person as much as the event. So I don't learn anything. I know what they think about their day, but I don't know anything about them. I don't. I don't know what they think or how they feel. It's sad to me to see that on television. That um, I I shows where people are. living. I don't see an interviewer. There's no interviewer on television. I mean, as the Anderson Cooper and the Chris Cuomo and the Sean Hannity together, I know what they think. I know they ask. they say that the, um, the knowledge you take of the consumer is very brief. Well, I think that's because they made it brief. Uh, that's the way television is now. All these channels, I think. So we're absorbed with things, but how much do we learn about the person? Uh, well, I have to... Thinks, I don't know what to, what's curious. And he would be one of the interviewers that are on television. They talk about themselves. You know, when I did interviews, Matt, I never used the word I. Yes, I uh, means nothing in the interview. No, Here's doesn't. what I'm thinking. It's, it's the guest that's So, the state of television, its volume is tremendous, its pinpoint accuracy, its in depth knowledge very slim. I get much more out of the New York Times.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm <clears throat> absolutely. So, when you were doing these interviews, oh, I know I wanted to, where I wanted to go here. Why do you like off of that, off of the New York Times, and off of what we were talking about about coronavirus? Why do you like talking about politics? Why do you like that variety of politics and entertainment? Is you couldn't focus like on just it, I one? I like it
0: all. Mm-hmm. No, I would go crazy focusing on one. I read every newspaper. I'm a sports nut. I love movies. I love entertainment. I love reading. I love politics. I love it all. I'm I'm not one of those political freaks who that's all he thinks about. That would drive me nuts too. I'm not an open subject person. All my life, I've been interested in a myriad of things, and I was lucky enough to have a career in which I could have ideas formulated. a complete career.
1: Yeah.
0: Doing what I would do, if I didn't have it, you know if, if, if I if you would make me do something else, I still want to be doing what I'm doing. What I'm doing is a Fantastic way to make a living. I mean, to be curious and have a job where you, they pay you for your curiosity. To walk in the
1: park. Absolutely, which leads into my last question for you. As I know, we only had about twenty minutes here. My last question for you: the if you could go back, let's go back to Brooklyn, and you're standing in in front of seventeen-year-old Larry King, what would you? tell yourself at that age, and would he listen?
0: 17-year-old person, I would tell myself, you know, I know what I know, or I don't know what I know.
1: Say that again? That cut out.
0: I know I know, I'm talking to 17-year-old Larry King, or I don't know what I know. From Larry King now to Larry King, then I would tell him everything that's going to happen to him. And he wouldn't both a word of it because he would be seen all the world. That these natural things. But if I, was, if I was 17 years old, then I would the doctors are going I was still find my way at 17. Oh,
1: I love it. I love this answer, and I love you for taking the time. To do this. Thank you you very much. Great talking with you. My thanks again to my guest, Larry King. We hung up just a little bit ago. And I am still on the high from that. If you didn't quite catch his last answer to my last question, there kind of crackled up a little bit. Not sure. I mean, everybody's cell reception right now. Everybody's working from home, so that's understandable. But that uh, that kind of broke up. I want to tell you what I was able to hear of his answer, and he said that he would tell seventeen-year-old Larry King everything that's going to happen happen to him, and seventeen-year-old Larry probably would not believe a word of it. And if you would have told even 19-year-old Matt on a hot summer July night in 2013, plugging in the microphone to the computer, that I would be talking to the man who is the blueprint for this whole show, uh, you, uh... No, I wouldn't have believed you either. And he's exactly right. We've got to get back to a conversation, a discussion. The less I do... My job's really easy, because... The best day, the day I get most done when I come to work to do this is the day I say, hi, how are you? And essentially one or two questions in and I can just sit back. I love when that happens. I love conversations. And like I said, Larry is the model for the, of that for me. So that's it for us today on this super exciting and just special, really special edition of Talk for Two. I hope you all are staying safe staying inside. And if you have to go out, that you are being smart about it. We will get through this. It's a crazy time, but we will all be together again. And maybe one day, who knows, I might get to sit down with Larry in person the way both he and I prefer it. Signing off for Talk for Two, I'm Matt Bailey, reminding everyone out there to keep talking for two.
0: You can hear more show business interviews with the stars at talkfortwo.com.